This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey. It's a show about the most interesting people and stories in Mississippi. On September 20th, Hurricane Maria roared ashore in Puerto Rico, killing at least 16 people and knocking out power. Twelve days later, millions remain without regular electricity service, and many have limited access to gas, cash, and running water. Our guest today is Cucho Gonzalez, a local drummer and musician, and he'll talk about the devastation his friends and family are going through right now in Puerto Rico and share his plans for raising funds for relief. We'll also talk about the tragic shooting this morning in Las Vegas as well. What's your favorite memory of this? the Mississippi State Fair. Well, you can join on our conversation today and give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. We'll be right back after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Um, got a good show ahead of for you today, and thank you for tuning in. I always appreciate you listening. And, you know, of course, we've got... Cucho Gonzalez on with us, and he's a local drummer. I, if you've ever got a chance to listen to him, he's amazing. And I've, you know, I've got to know him a long time ago, and thanks to social media. And you know, not all social media is bad. You actually can meet good people that way. Um, very glad to get to him to be on the show today, and he's going to tell us a lot about what's going on in Puerto Rico because he obviously has friends and family down there, and um, it's tapped in. And we're going to talk with uh, some of his friends as well that have just gotten back from the island, and that's kind of the gist of the whole show. Um, I know a lot of you were the same way I was this morning. I get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I know that's insane, but, you know, and I, and I don't know what your routine is when you first wake up in the morning. Mine is this. I generally grab my phone, you know, go do the restroom, brush my teeth, do all that stuff that you normally do. And I grab the phone and turn it on and look at see what's going on in the world because I kind of like to see if the world's ended. And it came pretty darn close this morning. Um, the images and the videos that were coming out of Las Vegas, Nevada this morning were not only chilling – um, they're horrifying. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, we've, we've suffered through mass shooting after mass shooting in this country, uh, in the last few years. And this one raised the bar. And, uh, for those of you who are living in a cave or have not turned on the television yet, I, I hate to, to break this to you, but, uh, there was basically a shooter that was holed up in a hotel on the 32nd floor. And he'd been holed up in there for like two or three days. A 64 year old white male, uh, didn't quite fit the, the profile normally of a mass shooter. Usually it's a younger guy. Uh, but anyway, he was locked up there, and he opened fire with apparently automatic weapons. And if you listen to the video, it's very chilling. It's, you don't expect America to sound like the Middle East or to sound like a war zone or like Vietnam or any other place where uh, generally machine gun fire is, is that. And he shot into a Jason Aldean concert that was late in the evening. It was the last concert, and it was toward the end of the show. There were nearly 30,000 people that he was shooting into across the street. Now, this is not an easy shot for him, but because he was using the automatic weapons, he he had that kind of range. And obviously, the carnage has been horrific. Uh, 400 people plus transported to the hospital, over 50 dead. We don't even know the total yet. That number kept growing throughout the morning. I don't know about you, but but when I first saw it, my stomach just got sick. Um, I worried about my friends. I've got friends in Las Vegas. I've got one former boss that goes to every concert. Thankfully, on Facebook, he is safe. Uh, but I know a lot of you right now are probably worried about friends and family in that way. And and, and I tell you, um, you watch that, and this is one little aspect of life that you know is now being kind of threatened for us. Uh, th- just a couple weeks ago, I was in New Orleans uh, down for the U2 concert at the Superdome. Fantastic show. Took my whole family. We had a great time. We're on the plaza, and many of you are familiar with the Superdome. And there's a big plaza there as you're waiting to get in. And, of course, they had security. And you have to go through the metal detector, and they want to make sure. And that, thank goodness for that. You know, I'm glad they have the security. And we were, But we were choked. It was a choke point. And there was a huge crowd gathered out there on the plaza. And my first thought was, if somebody comes up with a gun, we're toast. I mean, and, you know, I'm sitting worried about my family. 
And then flash forward a few days, I go see the Avett Brothers uh, down here at Thalumar Hall. Fantastic concert. They really put on a great show. And I'm sitting there looking for the exits. And it's like now, you know, this new reality that we live in, whenever we go to huge groups, we got to figure out how to get out of there. One of the problems that they had in the show was there were only two exits. And when you don't know where automatic fire is coming from, and like I said, they were caught in the wide open. So they had no chance to get out. And there was one image I saw particularly, and I mean, I'm not a crier. Um, I don't, you know, I mean, old yeller, you know, that sort of thing when my dog died, that sort of, I mean, that gets me. My my parents died, of course. I saw an image of a a man comforting, I, I don't know if it was his wife or his girlfriend or his best friend or who it was. And he was laying down on top of her as she'd been hit. And I don't know if she had died or if she was... And I'm just going, and, and I guess the natural thing is when you're seeing that, the woman looked very much like my spouse. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my God, that could be me. And um, but that's kind of where we are right now. I went ahead and I've done my cartoon for tomorrow. And honestly, uh, I could have, I mean, I'm mad this is continuing to happen, to be honest with you. I, I'm just mad. I'm mad that we cannot have the discussion in this country Without getting into our little corners and boxing ourselves into little, you know, well, this is what I believe, this is what I believe, and just talking past each other. We've got to figure out a way, whether it's mental health, whether it's gun control, whatever it is. And I'm not trying to start a political fight here, but I'm just telling you as Americans, we've got to sit down and have this discussion. But this morning, my cartoon basically is Uncle Sam hugging a person bloodied in shock. And the caption says, what stays in Vegas or what what happens in Vegas stays with all of us. And uh, the images that we saw this morning are going to stay with all of us. And some other images that we see also, too, on the news. And, I, and I, the reason I wanted our guest to come in today and wanted to talk about this topic was because, by golly, I, I remember being down on the Gulf Coast in December when Congress was fighting over aid for the Mississippi Gulf Coast on whether or not we were going to get the money. And if it wasn't for Senator Thad Cochran throwing the block grants into a defense appropriations bill, we probably would have not got the money. So what's going on in in Puerto Rico right now kind of hits a sore for a lot of Mississippians because we understand what it's like to be sitting on the beach and feel like you're forgotten. And I, like I said, I brought Cucho Gonzalez in with me today and I literally look forward to talking to him. He's, God, he's a heck of a musician. And, of course, I can get his perspective on the whole concert thing, too, because, you know, he I mean, poor Jason Aldean's just sitting up there with his guitar and there's suddenly gunshots are coming down and hitting the stage. You know, I mean, what do you do when you're a sitting duck like that? He just dropped the guitar and got out of Dodge. And now he's I'm sure he's going to have guilt for the rest of his life because he's even though he's not responsible, he still feels like, you know, these were my people. They got hurt. Um. And I guess on a lighter note, because obviously we've really hit you with some heavy stuff this morning, and I apologize. It's just that kind of Monday. It's gloomy outside, and and we see the news. But I noticed something driving into work this morning. Uh, The fair is starting to come back up. And that's a good thing, okay? That's a happy moment. So we can talk a little bit about happy moments, too. Uh, what's your favorite fair memory is is your is the question of the day. And of course, if you'd love to give us a call on any of these topics, eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. My favorite fair moment is that I get to judge the pretty cow contest every year, which is awesome. I, I, awesome. I, Seven o'clock on the last Friday of the fair in the livestock arena. They put this contest on where kids, well, and their parents, kids and their parents dress up cows in costumes. Now, if you've ever seen a 1,500-pound cow mad because it's wearing a costume being handled by a 60-pound kid, that's really good theater. And, and the kids really love it. It's so much fun. And I've done it for years and done it with several of the local celebrities here, and it's been fun. And that, So what I do is I go in. And I go straight to the free biscuit thing and get my free biscuit at the fair. And, um, you know, that's if I don't do anything else, I get my free biscuit and then I go judge the contest and then I'm gone. But I love it. I mean, the fair is great. It's to me, it's one of the most Mississippi things around because you have everybody black, white, green, purple, whatever, all right there having a fairly good time. Um, And it's it's interesting. Now, do I get on the rides? No. Sorry. Um, I'm sure they're wonderful and they're fantastic. Uh, but, you know, anything that gets thrown up in about three minutes, I get a little nervous about. Now, that's not saying anything about the safety. I'm sure they're wonderfully safe. 
I just get a little nervous and I don't really like to throw up. So I generally stay off of those too. So, um, so that's the question. What's your favorite memory of the fair? So Michelle, you've got several favorite memories of the fair also, haven't you? I do. I do. I do. Um, actually, you know what? I have a memory of the fair that came from my step, well, my God grandma. And I actually just called her and I uh, asked her, to give me some more details on this story she told me about two years ago. The funny part of the story is she went to the fair with her older brother. And this was mine, you guys. This was in 1955. Okay. So the state fair has been going on for a long, long time. I'm going to tell you a little bit of history in just a second. But uh, 1955, she was 11 years old. And she said that she had silver dollars in her pocket to go to the fair. She got on a Ferris wheel or what? Uh, one of those rides. And she lost all of her silver dollars. Oh, you were kidding me. So oh. she had no money for the fair, and her big brother did not give her any money. She had to walk around the entire fair, not eat anything, not ride anything. She begged him, please, please, please. He never did. And I felt so bad for her. I was like, oh, Miss Pet, <laughs> that is the most horrible memory of the fair. But, but the fair also had a split personality, too, didn't it? Yeah, that's what I'm about to say. Yeah. Guess what, guys? And I don't know, a lot of historians or people who lived back in that time may know this, but something I found out today was that they had two fairs in Mississippi. They had a fair for the blacks. I'm just going to say it like that, and the fair yep. for the whites. That's how they said it back then. The fair um, for the black people were, was on Highway 49, and it was a week or a week after or before the white fair. So they had two separate state fairs, one for the blacks and one for the whites. So they just pack it up and move it down the street. Oh, my God. And look oh, how far incredible. we've come. And yeah. I'm just, I said that to say, people, you know, we talk about change and things like that. It's coming slowly, but at least we don't have two fairs anymore. We can all come together and have a great time in one place. You know, Mississippi has come a long way. Yeah, I mean, just think if they, they split up a fair for every type of person on the planet. The Mexican fair here. Yeah, we could have a fair Asian every single fair, yeah, here. fair every single day of the week. It'd be insane. But oh, yes, my it, it has come a long way. And of course, it is fun. What's your favorite thing at the oh, fair? My favorite, of course, to eat, but my favorite thing. Well, that's a fair food is good. I mean, you can fry anything. Air. But you know what? You I don't air. particularly like the fried foods. My favorite thing at the fair, and I'm going to say it, I know I have a lot mm -hmm. of adults that agree with me, the roasted corn. The roasted corn, I line and I stand in that line for as long as I need to, and I get up to the line. And they ask me, do I want it buttered? I'm looking at them like, are you are you kidding me? Yeah. Of course I want butter on it. I mean, they roast it right there, and it's so good. It is great. My favorite thing is, and I never get the biscuits, though. I don't get a biscuit. I well, don't. good. That's more for me, then. More for me. <laughs> that and the Cattlemen's Association, they have, like, the beef brisket yeah. sandwich. That's good. Have you had the alligator or anything exotic down there? You know, I nearly... I nearly get eaten by alligators when I run. I don't really. Well, I don't know. I could get revenge on them. I guess the one that gets me is the the donut burger. I said, George, I told my daughter That's we're going like, to try that this year. We're so, going to half and split it in half. And you're going to try it. I am, but no well, lettuce and I hope no you tomatoes. Have a cardiac, you know, <laughs> little heart thing. With I don't you. think I want the vegetables with the donut, but I am going to do the cheese and the meat, and we're going to cut it in half. If no, we're going to try no, it. I no, have to try it. No, you know you, no, you don't. Yes, I do. Ugh. You just run a lap for an extra lap for me. No, you know how many and laps no. that's going to be. It's going to be a lot of laps for you. I just don't know. It's just a weird combination of it. Oh my I mean, God. I had donuts this weekend. I mean, I'm not anti-donut by any means, Look but I just you. don't know if I want a hamburger patty with it. <laughs> well, like I said, um, her. Hurricane Maria absolutely destroyed Puerto Rico. Yeah. And, of course, this may come to a shock some some people. Puerto Rico is part of the United States. And guess what? We're all Americans, and we're going to help out our friends in America. And I'm going to have one of my friends, just like I said, he's a Facebook, Twitter friend, but he's a great guy. Cucho Gonzalez is going to be on. He's a local drummer and musician. And he played in Wells Fest over the weekend, too. Oh, good. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. But too. we're also going to talk about, uh, have, probably have someone live from um, Puerto Rico who just came back from there. Well, she's so back, yes. We're going to get her, try to get her on the phone and let us know what's going on. Because we got technology. Yes. It's awesome. That's we can call we people. Do. That'd be great. <laughs> and you can call us. So give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think radio
Your home for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, the new host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. From exercise and diet to wellness and stress relief, this is the show for you. Email your questions, comments, and show ideas to healthy at mpbonline.org. And listen for me, Dr. Josie Bidwell, on Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, Mondays at 11 on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Hey, thank you for listening. Look, on September 20th, Hurricane Maria made landfall near Yabucoa. Puerto Rico. I butchered that because that's what I do. Uh, as a major Category 4 hurricane around about 6 in the morning with 155-mile-an-hour winds. Folks, i got to tell you what. Category 4, Category 5, that's right on the cusp. And I don't know if you've seen any of the, the videos from the storm chasers of when the storm came through. I mean, it just looked like a buzzsaw cutting across the island. And, and today, of course, they're... A lot of controversy going on, but there's a lot of people right now that are without food, water, electricity. And for those of us here in Mississippi, we kind of understand that one. We, we've been through that with Hurricane Katrina when a lot of, of course, the Gulf Coast got wiped out. And when a lot of South Mississippi and even some of Central Mississippi had so much tree damage that it, we had no electricity. And, of course, you have no electricity. It's kind of hard if you have things like diabetes and so forth, too. So it's, it's real becomes a chronic problem for, for people with, with health problems as well. Uh, our guest today is a local musician. He's a drummer. He's really just a lot of fun. He's just a great guy. Cucho Gonzalez. And, and he's going to talk a little bit about not only his what his friends and family have gone through down in Puerto Rico, but, you know, when you sit and watch something like this happen, your first thought is, oh, what can I do? Well, guess what? He thought, what can I do? And he kind of said it a little bit differently, and he's, we're going to talk about that, too. Good, it's good to see you. Good morning. Thank you for having me. You, know, well, you, you told me a great story how you were working in a call center for a student loan thing, and a guy called, called up and said he, he heard a little bit of an accent. Mm-hmm. Well, see, I have a little bit of an accent, too. <laughs> uh, heard your accent, and he said, I want to talk to somebody who can speak English. And, and what did you tell him? It was a pretty good uh, answer. I, I, told, I told him, well, sir, I speak English, Spanish, a little Portuguese, a little French, a redneck and ebonics. Very good. See, I can barely speak English, so you're way ahead of me on that one. On that, you know, how did you end up here? That's a good question, because you went to school in Pennsylvania. Uh, I went to school in Penn State, yeah. yeah. I graduated high school from Puerto Rico, and I have a lot of friends of mine from high school who are just, I'm hearing a little bit of the stories, um, but make give you a little um, little short thing. Yeah. Um, we moved. We moved to Pennsylvania after I graduated, and so it was. What caused your folks to decide? Hey, let's let's go to Pennsylvania. Uh, well, you know, my parents they like snow. Split, they split. Oh yeah. And then uh, my my brothers were into gymnastics, and like at that time we were all. I started too late, so <laughs> and and so. But my 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 brothers, who by the way they own Courthouse Gymnastics Company, are here. Uh, they my brothers competed for Puerto Rico. Uh, my oh, cool. yeah my my youngest brother Mario. Uh, I think it was uh, uh, three Pan Am Games and two World Championships. Okay, so you got a lot of talent running through your family, obviously. Yeah. Because well. I've seen you. I mean, <laughs> I've heard you play, so there you go. But, wow. So that's that's what got you to America. Then the better question is, well, what got you to Mississippi? Well, uh, my, to be honest, I was in, I was living in North Carolina coaching. Yeah. And some situation, something didn't work out there. And my brothers needed another coach. Okay. And so I coached 17 years until my body said uh, – <laughs> Stop! Chili was getting bigger. I don't know what they feed here, people. But, Watch but, it now. But it's like, I, I know there's good food. I'm, I'm, hey, you it's should that, see me now. <laughs> yeah, because we're going to talk about that donut burger. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> so that got you here, and, and of course, the rest is history. A little bit. You're playing all over the place. You played at Wells Fest over the weekend. That had to be fun. Yeah, Wells Fest is kind of like it's got a special place in my heart. Uh, Wells Church is awesome, and they. Um, my band Latinismo has played there. I played just solo accompanying other people. And, you know, uh, when you have something to give uh, and, and, uh, and a lot of uh, 
applaud all the musicians that give all the talent to that. We should do that. You know, you know, right. the, the big guy upstairs gave us that the talent, and so, so you got to share it with people, and if, especially a place like that. Hurricane Maria, um, obviously, uh, just one, this hurricane season has been particularly fierce and, and yeah. rough. This is uh, the worst hurricane to hit Puerto Rico in modern times. I think they had one in the 30s that was equally as bad. Obviously, the world is a lot different place than it was that. Puerto Rico kind of... Any place in the world probably could have taken the lick better than Puerto Rico because they've already had, you know, you've got financial problems. You've got all kinds of issues going on there. They're looking at this thing being like a $95 billion storm, and that's just the money part of it. That's not even the, the person part. How does it feel for you to be sitting here in Mississippi watching this go on? And, you know, you, you almost feel helpless, don't you? It, when it first hit and got through the news, it was like cause you're used to seeing so many hurricanes coming in through, through Puerto Rico and went built for that. But like you said, yeah, I think it was like, – 1928, I think it was San Felipe, yeah. uh, that hit. And, uh, and uh, with all the modern inconveniences we have there, I can't imagine how it was when to try to recuperate after that. Right. And uh, we had just become, in 1898, a part of a, a, a territory. Right. And so my parents weren't even born when the hurricane went there. So it, it's amazing. And um, to me, I just, you know, my heart goes out to the people because I grew up there. I've seen places where I... When I we were kids, we my mom and my, uh, my grandparents used to take us there, and high school buddies, and, and it's just I heard of one of them that lost her house. Yeah. Two of them lost their house. Their house, yeah. not not just damage their house. Yeah. Their house is gone. Yeah, everything. Yeah, I mean, you you looked at the course if anybody's interested in meteorology, but I mean, you, you watched it. It was literally like an island wide tornado that sat over the island for six hours. Yep. I mean, it just was that that violent. Talk, talk about where you grew up, because, I mean, and talk about what it's like before the storm and, of course, what you're hearing now. Um, well, I I was born and raised in Santurce, which is really close to San Juan. And uh, from what I've heard in the news, Santurce was pretty much flooded. Yeah. Uh, there's a particular place, a special place in my heart. It's was it a low-lying area or what? It's, um, it's kind of in the north, you know, because you got San Juan up in the north. Yeah, and Santurce is not. It's just about a couple of minutes from San Juan. Okay. Really, everything. I mean, Puerto Rico is a hundred miles long and thirty-five miles wide. To give you a perspective on that, right? So everybody's really close. So it's like from Jackson to Meridian, the length of it, basically, about ninety miles. Yeah, yeah pretty so, close. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's just amazing. And I, when I'm there, uh, I grew up and see the places that you grew up, in, and it just breaks your heart. And, yeah. and then you hear some of the stories, some of the spotty stuff that I've heard from. Uh, um, Facebook and play and just I still haven't heard from two other cousins of mine. Yeah, and but basically it's because the communications are down. Right. You. you what are some of the things that you're reading on Facebook from your friends? Uh, you know, I'm seeing some videos of devastation, uh, and um, uh, a particular friend of mine. She organized a World Baseball Classic. Yeah. She lost her apartment. Oh. And it's like. But she's out there, you know, still helping people, helping, you know, d- distribute things and like that. And um, she's she's a warrior. I gotta, she's amazing. She's, she's a warrior, and I I gotta give her, you know, props on that. Uh, but there, I've heard some other friends of mine. They're okay. Yeah. It's just you know, without power and the lines for, for everything. You know, I applaud. You know, you know, politics aside, it's. Amazing that people in the street are helping each other. Right. And that's, you know, uh, term united is a big thing right now. Forget where you, if you're what political or, or a religious denomination, it's all about coming together. Puerto Rico is known for a very big spirit on how we got, you know, there's a lot of us here that feel like, felt like, what do I do? Uh, I was telling um, a friend of mine, it's like, you know, and you know, when when I was approached to doing this this benefit, and I'm getting ahead of here, but I was so like, man, if y'all see my room or my car, how is this guy going to organize something like that? <laughs> <laughs> so my mom would be laughing right now. If she, <laughs> but uh, it's and so uh, I have to do it. Right. It's, it's just I have to do it. We have to do it. It's not I. Right. We and so I'm. I guess it's it's just something. If I, a lot of already, there's a friends of mine here in Mississippi from the Corps Engineer and Vicksburg. Uh, they already had a thing, and and it was overwhelming. All the people that came and and brought 
things, and they, they had an over thing, so they had to go and and get probably another more trucks to try to get the, the all the stuff out. It's it's crazy. Well, but. here's I mean, here's a logistics question. Obviously, it's mm-hmm. an island. How do you get the stuff that you collect, and you how do they get it to the island? I mean, obviously, a boat or an airplane. I know yeah. that, but I mean, how do how do you get that arranged? Oh man, that's it's definitely a, a, and so it's just that itself is mind-boggling but slowly but surely uh there's people that are like my friends and face were organized they have connections for people to take things there right and uh there is uh, this was done at sam michaels in Pittsburgh. yeah and they and they i'm just reading some i'm not i, I don't do twitter or anything like that but yeah, i did the facebook and and uh and what the WhatsApp? <laughs> yeah. And so from that, I, I'm hearing all the news on that. So it's 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 just it's it's overwhelming to try right. to get all that logistics all involved. Not I'm not going to put you on the spot for an exact amount of time, but I mean, how long do you think it's going to take to for Puerto Rico to get back on its feet and recover from this? Well, as you know, we were in a uh, in a we are in a, a very tough economic crisis right now. Yeah. This just takes us back you know stone age type right not not, not to be like that but it's just because this um i applaud the spirit of my country they're like on top of things right. to try to get things done yeah i mean i think a lot of people right now are nodding they, they understand because we went through this with katrina i mean you have no electricity guess what you have no gasoline and you have no you know the water you have no water i mean it's there's a lot of things that start happening on that and and um so I mean, I guess they basically basically you have to sit around and say, okay, what do we do first? And it looks like they're trying to clear debris out of the way, and they're trying to get water and food to people, and then get the power back on. Looks Absolutely. that way. Um, they're saying it's about ninety five million dollar storm. Um, I guess it's going to take all of us to to chip in and help out on this. That's correct. Yeah, definitely on that. Well, uh, we're going to have Stephanie Bruce is going to be joining us after the break in a minute. And she, of course, just got back so she can kind of give a little bit of ground on that. You're now and, and we're going to also talk about your Hurricane Maria relief benefit concert coming up. And um, when when do you think it's going to happen? Just go ahead and throw that out. Um, it's right now it's in the embryonic stages. We got a meeting uh, on the 7th. And so uh, am, I'm. The response that I've gotten from all my friends and musicians and other people who have been calling me, uh, I said, i got to do a page. So one of the things I put as a page is called uh, Mississippi Benefit for Puerto Rico Concert. I'm looking at a date as tentative, tentative, I'm hoping, uh, November 12th. November 12th. So coming up. So the sad thing is there's still going to be a lot of need even by November 12th. Oh, by all We know that around here, don't we? You know, definitely. And I'm thinking Christmas is going to be the first time some kids are not not going to have a Christmas. Yeah, that breaks my heart. Definitely, because yeah, I just uh, I mean uh, we have to do something so these kids can have a, a, a good Christmas. There's already some two composers have already done two songs, and uh, and some of the unpa- um, the benefits of learning Spanish, y'all. <laughs> but <laughs> but the songs are just you know reach, reach your heart, and and then it's amazing. Well, I'm definitely glad that you're here to tell us about it. And, of course, I'm very proud of the fact that you're stepping up to get this done. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. And Stephanie Bruce is, Bruce is going to be joining us as well. She just got back from the island and can give us a heads up of what's going on there. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Informative MPB news stories, the local shows you love, up-to-date severe weather info, and the state and worldwide reach telling the story of Mississippi. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Busy Monday out there. Uh, Number one, of course, our thoughts and our prayers go out to all the victims out in Las Vegas. Um, Our nation, once again, has been knocked back on its heels and 
you know, we're all just kind of sitting around this morning going, okay, now this has got to stop. And what is it going to take? And I hope we can have a grown up conversation about it. And we're having a great conversation about what's been going on in Puerto Rico. We've seen the news over the weekend. We've seen the political stuff. Just forget that for a minute. Um, the bottom line is there's a lot of a lot of our friends and neighbors down in Puerto Rico who they're Americans just like us. Um, and they've been lost everything. And, and we in here in Mississippi understand that probably better than most people around the country because uh, particularly on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, we lost everything too. And so this is um, something that should be very close to our hearts. I know when Harvey hit, man, I mean, the trucks were heading down that way. When 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 Irma hit Florida, the same thing happened here, too, because we're, we're very giving. And I'm very happy to have on the show as Cucho Gonzalez has joined us. And he's a fantastic drummer, local musician, and he's going to be putting on a benefit coming up in a couple of months, too. Um, but also one of his friends, Stephanie Bruce, had just got back from the island. And so she has firsthand uh, knowledge of what had gone on. So I'm very, very proud to have her on the show. Stephanie, it's good to talk to you again. Last time it was over speakerphone and uh, now it's over the radio. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. When did you, when did you get back? Um, Friday late, um, uh, probably 12 o'clock at night. Yeah. So you're, I mean, you, it's still very fresh what you, what you saw down there. Um, in fact, you're probably still exhausted from the trip. Tell 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 everybody why you were down there and how long you were down there and what you experienced during the you were there during the storm correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Ooh, d- um, describe that because that um, from what I've seen on the video that was one of the worst hurricanes I've ever seen. Yeah, it it, it was and and funny you mentioned that my husband uh, well, he was with the National Guard with Katrina and he was part of the rescue mission and uh he he tells me he says stephanie i I mean katrina was very very bad not taking away anything from the devastation of it but but he says that him being able to compare the devastation is just and the aftermath it's 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 just so much worse because you're in an island there is nowhere to go people could could walk uh, on katrina out of new orleans be, uh, like you just said, trucks could drive down and help. We are in an island 1,100 miles away, and nobody can go anywhere. Uh, my, We were there because uh, my son uh, was playing uh, in a baseball academy for the semester uh, down there. He, he plays also for Northwest here in Brandon. And we just wanted to give him the experience of being close to the family for one semester, uh, uh, getting a, a training in the fall that here, well, it's a lot of football there. It's a lot of baseball. And, and with Hurricane Irma, we came back to check on our business and our home. But Irma did really not much to the island. Now, for Maria, we decided to stay. <laughs> oh, Wrong choice. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Where, where, where were you during the storm? Were you in a very secure location? Well, we were privileged uh, to be in in in, in a safe uh, area where houses are. The construction is all concrete. Um, we, my kids and I, we were in the hallway. We slept in the hallway. It was very secure. We were bunkered down, but still, you could hear um, the, the the doors. It it, it it was like having a, a tornado for three hours on top of your house. Wow. Wow. Um, so it was three it, hours long. That's how long it lasted. I'm, I'm sure the house was creaking and groaning and, and the noise, the roar of the winds had to be incredible. Yes. Yes, they were. Well, three hours, just the eye passing through approximately. Oh. But but it lasted more than 16 hours, the, the, the whole experience, the, the whole thing. Um, and when we, you know, got up the next morning, everything was just gone. We, we lived in a very beautiful place where trees everywhere and all of a sudden you would see houses where you would never thought there was the, there was a subdivision there because every all the vegetation was gone yeah I'd, I'd, I'd seen pictures where it looked like it just even down to stripping all the leaves off the trees yes yes everything it was very sad uh very traumatic uh experience uh for 10 well 10 days for us there's still people there that don't have any water no electricity uh i mean we we really went down to basics and as a mother i started getting 
uh, extremely worried because garbage is not being picked up. Uh, in the 10 days that we were there, the truck were able to come only one time because the diesel situation. Unfortunately, there's a lot of politic issues going on uh, that I don't know the details, but I, I was in Puerto Rico for Hugo, and I was in Fort Lauderdale for Andrew. Yeah. So I have experienced the recovery, and for some reason, it, it's just taking longer than, than than it should. So that's why Kutro and I, uh, in our own different ways, are, are trying to get together and and see if the people from Mississippi will help help our Puerto Rican friends and family. Right. Talk a little bit about that that first day, because, you know, when you come out and everything, I mean, obviously y'all had preparations. You probably had two or three days of water and so forth like that. But on that first day, you just kind of look around going, now what, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. And, and, And let me tell you that the most terrifying part of it is when you grab your cell phone, to call your family to tell them that you survived right. and you can't. Yeah, there. I'm sure all the towers were knocked down, so you had no communication. How long did it take till you were able to get word out to your family? Uh, at least I think it was six days. Oh, six days. And still, right now, it's very hard to communicate. Right. Uh, you can text sometimes. Uh, but, but still my husband stayed behind, you know, to help out and with, with the school of the kids. And I, I, yesterday I was not able to talk to him. A neighbor texted me because that's the only thing that sometimes you can do. I believe that the governor is saying that 32% of the, uh, the cell communications have been restored but but it, it's not enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I and I've seen that before when there's like a disaster or problem. Usually, text is usually the only thing that you can get out, uh, just because it doesn't use as much bandwidth. <sighs> well, for those first yeah. six days, oh, we six were days. completely isolated. Um, and that had, to, I mean, like you said, not only are you, you know, freaking out because you can't get word out, but also the people that are back here in the states are like wondering if you're like alive. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a. Six, so you know, all those the days that you were there. I mean, obviously, you had a certain amount of water stored. You had a certain amount of food stored. What did you start doing when all that started running out? Uh, that's when uh, I was able to communicate with some friends here, um, and our flight that for, with Delta, they were fabulous. That was uh, well. well for December the 21st, I called Delta, and they said, look, the earliest is the 8th, October the 8th, and I would just see my kids, and the lines are just completely terrifying. We were, we were one time in a supermarket line for almost seven hours uh, just to get basics. So as a mom, you start getting very worried for your kids because if you're an adult by yourself, you manage. Right. And I just told my husband, I said, I need, we, we need to get the kids out of here, the garbage, you know, the flies, the rats, the mosquitoes. And he just took me to the airport with the little gas that we had left. And I just stood there. And the, the, the airport at that time only had lights, no air conditioning, no windows. Wow. And it, it, it was it was it was just completely devastating to seeing hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people just just crying and you know everybody sweating. Yeah, it was really a terrifying picture. And I think people here in Mississippi can can relate to the fact because I remember how hot it was after Katrina. But the, the heat index in Puerto Rico after, right after the storm was 108. Yes, yeah. we my my kids and I would have to sometimes sleep uh, on the floor on the tile, you know the tile is cool, yeah, stay a little cooler to to be able to feel some kind of relief in our bodies. Well, how I mean, number how old are your kids? Because obviously you've got one that's in high school, but I mean, how old are they? And, and and what did you say to them to keep them calm? Because I know that's that's sometimes the toughest thing as a parent to explain to your kids. Oh, okay, it seems like the world's ending, but we'll make it. That, that's right. Well, my son is 15, and we had with us uh, another ball player that is friends of the family that he's 15 also. So imagine how that father was oh, feeling. Yeah. They're from Jackson, and a seven-year-old little girl. Uh, my seven-year-old little girl, she she was she was fine because the kids started 
this is a good thing, started going outside on the streets and playing. No iPod, no Internet, no TV, no nothing. What kids can, you know, when all push comes to shove, kids can be kids. That's awesome. That's yes. awesome. Yes. So, so my little girl was fine. Then the teenagers, of course, they, my husband being in the military, this was the time of, you know, showing them how to build a fire without a match, without a lighter, and boiling water with the bamboos around. I mean, they, it, it was a, a learning experience, but it was more of a health issue and in right. school. Yeah, I was gonna, uh, that that's a that's really an important part because I mean obviously y'all are healthy and well but I mean there was no electricity I, I guess spotty water I'm not sure if y'all had running water where you were at but I mean people no, that had we like did, we did not you'd had no water yeah so I mean people with diabetes and other health problems chronic health problems or even in the hospitals that's where um, that story's not really getting out I read where some one hospital everybody in ICU had passed away so. Yeah, yeah, yes. Those stories are not getting out. Yeah. I also recently heard that um, look, there's there's criminals everywhere, right? And unfortunately, uh, one of the hospitals in in a town called Coamo, uh, they they had, they were running with nine generators, and uh, and nine individuals went in, stole all their money. There's ATMs without money. There's I think like three ATMs operating in the whole island uh, when I left. And they stole all their money. They stole the generators. And the mayor of that town had to work miracles to try and save lives. So, yes, it, it's more to the story of, of, of what, what's getting in the news. I, I would imagine, too, um, everything's cash-based now, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, it's not like you can come up with your credit card saying, yeah, I'd like a bottle of water. You've got to, you've got to have cash. So, that, so I'm I'm just kind of jotting down some notes here the next time a big storm comes toward Mississippi to make sure I have cash on hand, uh, plenty of water, plenty of that. I mean, y'all really kind of took a chance going to the airport because you didn't even know if you were going to be able to get there. I mean, how bad were the streets and the debris and things like that? Had they started to get some of that cleared out? Yes, yes, some. Uh, some you would you would see some presence of the National Guard. Uh but in my personal opinion, I would have liked to see the National Guard not directing traffic and getting people out of these towns where there's no bridges and they can't get out. Right. Using those helicopters to do that. And I think they're starting to do that now. Uh, we have a great police force. Uh, and, and I really, really don't understand why the logistics uh, have taken so long compared to other bad hurricanes we've had. Right. But we leave that to to the government, and all all we can do is just learn from the experience. Yes, you need cash. Uh, right now, there's people with no cash, no gas, no food, no water. Definitely. Uh, Stephanie, we're going to take a little bit of a break here, but if you can stay on the line, I'd like to continue talking to you. And, of course, we'll bring Cucho in as well. Um, we're talking about what's going on in Puerto Rico. Obviously, you know, here in Mississippi, we – we kind of know what it's like a little bit, although what's going on there, I think, is a lot tougher because of the fact it is an island and, and because of the strength of the hurricane that went across the island as well. Maria was just savage. I tell you what, uh, if you'd like to give us a call, too, you can give us a ring at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's 877-672-74. This is now you're talking on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Just uh, flipping through my phone while we were during the break, I noticed our uh, former friend, Rita Brent. Yes, you remember. Remember Sharita. Anyway, she has posted now where the sheriff, Joseph Lombardo, has said that there are 58 killed, 515 injured in the, the massacre in Las Vegas. And I just wanted to, once again, just say my thoughts and, well, I mean, thoughts and prayers. Okay, yeah, that's kind of the basic one. But, I mean, just the shock and the horror that we're all feeling today on this. And um, 
my prayers definitely go out to everybody who has loved ones or friends that are affected by this and all the families too. This is, this is a horrible day for our nation and obviously one that we will remember for a long time. And I hope that we're not saying, okay, well, now something has gotten worse than this because this is absolutely terrible. Speaking of absolutely terrible, um, Hurricane Maria just absolutely eviscerated, destroyed the island of Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, of course, is part of the United States, and a lot of our friends and neighbors are from there. And I'm very proud to have on the show Cucho Gonzalez and Stephanie Bruce. Um, Cucho, of course, is a local musician here in Jackson, a fantastic drummer. And, of course, he's a man of many talents. He's a gymnast, a musician, a translator, interpreter, does everything in the world. Um, and he also helps people, and he's got a great benefit coming up, and we're going to talk about that in just a half a second. Stephanie Bruce lives here, and of course, in the Jackson area, and uh, just got back from Puerto Rico after surviving the storm and surviving the aftermath, too. I think, Stephanie, I think, honestly, surviving the aftermath has been tougher than the storm, hasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Whew. I'm here. Uh, yeah, you're here. I, that's fine. You, you, it's like, wait a minute, I'm at work. I got to do my work stuff and then do the other. I, I really do so appreciate you being on with us today and giving us a firsthand account of everything that's going on. Um, so you were there from, you know, D-Day, the day the storm hit, to like Friday. Can you say that things are starting to get better? I mean, obviously, there's some stuff starting to come in. Have you noticed that things are starting to pick up speed now, or do you think it still needs to get faster? Um, it needs to get faster. Um, it, the, the lines to get gasoline, instead of being seven to ten hours, are now down to maybe three. <laughs> oh, well, gee, yeah. It, but you know what? Three seems pretty, I, I guess, luxurious after ten. Good grief. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, ATMs, the people need money. Uh, I, I guess it is getting a little better. Uh, I thought it would be um, faster. Yeah. But as long as we're moving forward, I guess we got to be grateful. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, of course, Cucho's here with us too, and y'all are y'all are friends. And hola, uh, yeah, y'all talk amongst yourselves here, and I'll, <laughs> I'll sit there and act like I know what you're saying. Um, he, of course, he's working on the, the the relief concert, and right now you've seen firsthand what needs to go down there. If if somebody wants to donate, what do you think are good things to donate? Well, I'm 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 actually um, working on a little project right now. I'm starting to send uh, packages through either UPS or FedEx with some friends that are seeing those trucks and those companies delivering. Yeah. Because when I was when I was down there, my friends and family could not send anything. But right now, apparently, these two companies are are are, are moving, and you can. Send um, well. What I'm trying to do is send to specific uh, families that I know what they need. Right. And a lot of people are in need of batteries, D batteries to run their battery fans, so that you know keep the mosquitoes away at night from their kids. Um, as of right now, we can't send any water. It has to be through either you know the the, the big companies, the Red Cross or all these other companies that, that are working on getting supplies down there. But if, but I want to be able to send something right now that they need, like off, batteries, chubs, um, things that the, the first necessity, um, uh, triple neosporin uh, for, for cuts or right. fights. So if anybody would be interested, I'm going to use my office as a drop-off point. Uh, I will be opening an account in Regents, so if people want to donate uh, uh, money to help us, because it's very expensive. UPS is charging us uh, $75 per 10 pounds. Yeah. And 10 pounds is just maybe four, six packs of batteries right yeah d batteries are not light so where how can they get in touch with you what's the best way do you have a website do you what's the best way for folks to be able to well i'm I'm getting out my my phone number is 601-618-0174 and i have two locations in my office one is in uh, 6800 old canton road uh, suite 102 in ridgeland and in Vicksburg, it's uh, 1890 South Frontage Road, Vicksburg. Stephanie, thank you so much. And I'm, I'm glad you and your family are okay. And, I'm, you know, my prayers are for all your friends and family, too, that are still there, that they are okay as well. Cucho, let's go over one more time what's going to go on in November. Well, hopefully 
um, from the support that I've gotten from musicians and friends and everybody who wants to donate, uh, trying to do make this event happen on November the 12th. That's the tentative date. Okay. I'm waiting on confirmation uh, still on the venue, and I'm waiting confirmation on um, other types of logistics like food. And we, like I said, this is an em- embryonic stage, but I, that's what I'm, I'm exhort. You know, I'm t- asking everybody to, to support this um, and to support without me asking and, and other friends like you and, uh, and my, uh, my buddy Howard Blue and and churches have been amazing. Uh, look for Mississippi uh, benefit for Puerto Rico uh, concert on Facebook. Okay, add yourself there. Let me know what you can do for us, and I will definitely. Uh, you know, prayers are always welcome. And so, uh, thank you so much for having me here. Oh, it's always and good. Stephanie job. too. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, we, we are Americans too. Yeah. In the U S and, uh, and as Americans, we need to be united on, on everything we're going to be doing for Puerto Rico. Uh, all, all you Puerto Ricans out there, they have a phrase in Puerto Rico right now. Uh, so I'm going to do a little Spanish here. Puerto Rico se levanta. Puerto Rico rises. And that's the theme right now. We can do this. I love that. Puerto Rico rises. We can do this. And uh, thank you so much for coming in today and, and not only sharing your story. And, you. and and I love the fact that you're so like, I see a problem. I'm going to fix this. We'll get you back in when it's a little bit closer to the date. And then you can remind people of that. But I do that's appreciate right. it as well. And once again, um, the horror that went on in Las Vegas, my, our thoughts literally today, I mean, we're all just kind of sitting there going, I can't believe this, watching the video and so forth. And um, I know Cucho is a musician, too. You've, you've, you've sat and looked at that crowd, and, and it's got it's going to change how we do you play and how I observe concerts, I think, probably the rest of our lives. Michelle, thank you. Uh, of course, now you're talking as a production of MPB Think Radio. It's produced by the, of course, I mentioned Michelle. She's awesome, Ma- Michelle McAdoo. Hey, if you missed any part of the show or want to hear past episodes, you can listen on our website at mpbonline.org slash now you're talking, or you can download that free MPB radio app. I highly recommend that, and you can listen on demand. Hey, coming up next is Southern Remedy. This is Now You're Talking. We will see you all next Monday.